Hi, I'm Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh. In over 20 years of practicing both Western medicine and Eastern healing traditions, the most important thing that I've learned is that healing is a journey we take together. So on this podcast, I'll be demystifying Ayurveda and other integrated medicine, showing how these simple ancient practices are the keys to unlocking a healthy modern life. We are all healing catalysts because healing starts within. It starts with you and it starts right now. This is a Soulfire production. Episode number 54. Well, hello, hello, my beautiful friends. And if you're new here, welcome to the Healing Catalyst podcast. I'm Avanti, and I'm so happy that you're here with me and that you're here with all of these beautiful human beings that are part of this community. You know, this community amazes me every day as it continues to grow every single week. And for that, I'm so grateful to all of you. Today, we're continuing our exploration of healing with integrative medicine with my guest and colleague, Dr. Ben Schuff. Dr. Schuff is a naturopathic physician, nutritionist, and the director of naturopathy and nutrition at Beyond Chicago, where I'm also the director of Ayurveda. And I have to tell you, when we met each other a year ago, we hit it off in about the first five minutes of meeting each other. Ben's training and clinical experience within primary and integrative care settings has centered on using food as medicine, herbal therapy, endobiogeny, and the mind-body connection to bring balance to the human system. His philosophy is that good health is relative to each unique individual, and it's an important resource to live a meaningful and present life, a philosophy that I share deeply with him. In our conversation, We talk about what naturopathic medicine is and how it differs from allopathic medicine. We also talk about the four guiding pillars of naturopathy and what they mean for the individual patient receiving treatment. And we also dive into why Ben believes the patient's story is where the real medicine lies. Ben and I had so much fun during this episode, and honestly, we could have kept talking for a few hours, which is no different than when we're at work together. Ben is a wealth of knowledge and has so many profound insights to share. I know that you'll learn so much from this episode. So I'm so happy to share my conversation with Dr. Ben Schuff about healing with integrative medicine and naturopathic medicine. Ben, it is so great to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to do this with me today. Thank you, Avanti. This is my pleasure. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We've worked together now for, I don't know, six, seven, maybe yeah. nine months, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and we've had so many wonderful conversations. And, you know, I find that so many people have questions about naturopathy and what is it in naturopathic medicine that I thought you would be the perfect person to really talk about this and dive into it because actually there's a lot of synergies between Ayurveda and naturopathic medicine that actually a lot of people will come to me thinking it's very much the same or there's confusion. So let's, let's just jump in a little bit first about, you know, what is naturopathic medicine and a little bit about your story too, like however you want to weave it in, but we'll kind of just talk here. Yeah. So, I mean, very simply naturopathic medicine is a framework of healthcare that is more is interested in the preventative and restorative aspects of meeting someone where they're at with a health challenge or whatever they're going through. In contrast to that, 
more of a conventional approach would be waiting for disease to kind of happen and responding in a disease-based model. So conventional medicine does that very well. And kind of how I see naturopathic medicine fitting in is that healthcare exists along this spectrum, right? And very much of the, very often, I should say, medicine is predicated on reacting to problems once they've already occurred or responding to trauma or, you know, going through a pandemic and coming up with solutions for that side of things. But what I saw as not as utilized or emphasized as much in the healthcare continuum, as you could call it, are these restorative and preventative aspects. So a naturopathic doctor and what I was trained in kind of bridges the gap there. Um, and I can get a little bit into my story, but a naturopathic doctor, I went to school out in Portland, Oregon at the National University of Natural Medicine. And the curriculum involved in naturopathic medical school to be a naturopathic doctor is a four-year program the same way that you went to medical school and had the didactic career that you did. Um, the, we, we learn all the same things. We have cadaver labs. We learn about anatomy, physiology, all the pharmacology, all the lab work. The, the variance and the, the, the difference in kind of our teaching structure and how we practice are the modalities that we utilize. So not only do we learn about the, pharm the, the pharmaceuticals, the drugs, the lab tests, kind of understanding pathology and where people are at with their disease, but with that, there's a much greater emphasis on things like nutrition and herbal medicine, botanical medicine. Um, medicinal mushrooms, uh, lifestyle measures, kind of how people live their lives. And then a lot of it is a mental, emotional aspect. So how are we relating to ourselves? What are our belief structures that kind of dictate how we live our lives and, you know, impede us in certain ways? And then we also learn about physical medicine. Some naturopathic programs also have acupuncture infused in there. Mine didn't, but that's also a modality that can be pulled from there. So what that kind of provides as a naturopathic doctor is someone in the healthcare field that operates like a primary care physician. So in the state of Oregon where I was trained, if I was still there, I'm in Illinois, clearly, mm -hmm. I would be recognized as a primary care physician and I have all the prescribing and ordering rights that any uh, primary care physician has in that state with the added benefit of all these tools in the toolbox um, that can be implemented in on a state-by-state -state basis, if you're not interested in primary care, it's kind of irrelevant. But I think the important point there is that a naturopathic doctor bridges the gap between an understanding of the Western and conventional side of medicine. And we've been through all of that. I worked at primary care clinics and did the whole gamut. But on the other side of it, we get to spend more time with people, understand people as a human being. What are their challenges? What do they want to work on? And then we can, whatever tool in our toolbox that we first of all resonate most strongly with is our biggest skill and we think is going to help this person we implement it from there i think often conventional side as this audience probably knows from an integrative approach that the conventional side of medicine can often with a lot of problems that are difficult to deal with run out of train track pretty quickly the options are a referral or a kind of a standard medication steroid antibiotic that sort of thing and a lot of kind of shoulder shrugging and i think that is um, what naturopathic medicine can provide as a stopgap is there actually is a lot that we can look into and try to understand about somebody um, and get them to where they want to go. Right. So what you're really saying is that 
I probably should have gone to naturopathic school <laughs> instead of allopathic medical school. Yeah. It's really sort of that bridge of really kind of what integrative medicine is trying to do, right. which is to bridge those two worlds of understanding the Western model and really training in that, the pathology, the physiology, the pharmacology, all of that stuff, but then bridging it with so many of these healing systems and traditions that we've known for so long. Right. Yeah. And so you kind of got the best of all worlds, Ben. Yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> and the, the the story behind that is that I was, you know, the intention going into, you know, high school and undergrad was I just wanted to help people. And I figured medicine was kind of what was most interesting to me. Um, so all through that experience, I was in pre-med and um, you know, I worked as an EMT in college. I worked on in hospitals. I was a scribe in an emergency room. I, I volunteered at various clinics and I did a lot of shadowing, shadowing of doctors, shadowing of PAs, whatever I could get my hands in a bunch of different contexts and kind of what I saw in that because I only knew what I knew, which is what we all do. The more I was getting exposed to these different contexts of medicine and different experiences, different providers. What I was finding from the conventional side of things is that no one's doing anything wrong, but it's more of the system in play is very abbreviated and doesn't really get to the level of understanding and more not a humanistic enough approach for me that I guess I couldn't put the words to it that I just did then. But there was something that I was being disillusioned by and discouraged by that. Mm -hmm. I could see where this train was heading if I went the conventional route. I didn't really know how to, to square that at the time. And my now wife at the time, you know, obviously I was, uh, I was airing my grievances and she came across naturopathic medicine. It was like, have you ever heard anything like this? And looking into it more kind of all that I've just explained of kind of how the curriculum is laid out, what it offers, what, what kind of problem it's trying to solve. I was like, this sounds amazing because I'm going to get to be that sort of um, person that understands what's going on from a conventional standpoint, right? but be able to know people. And I think that's the biggest uh, thing that I wanted out of helping people. I don't think anybody goes into medicine, not caring or not wanting to help people. For sure. It's kind of the lens and the prison that they get pushed into um, just kind of based on how insurance is set up, how hospital systems are about volume, not about quality, right? It's it's about how can we expedite this because I have 20 other people to see today. And right. that's that's part of healthcare and that's part and that's an important part. And there's a triage and some people only need a few minutes because you know it's a splinter, right? But uh I think when you you know, an experience that I had that was kind of a final straw for me as I was shadowing a, a cardiologist for a number of weeks. And, you know, I saw a lot of this, but a man came in who was not doing well and had congestive heart failure. And um, it was just, it was one of those things where I was sitting with this guy, I could see that there was a lot of problems that had not been addressed. It's very just much a medication management situation. And the doc comes into the room looking at his clipboard, barely looks up, and just says, we're going to tweak a few things, see you in six months. And my thought was, I there's no guarantee that this guy is here in six months. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, what happened to this physician to have lost, like when he envisioned himself at 23 years old, he never 
would have seen that kind of interaction happening. Right. And what's lost there is an understanding of who that person was and is and could be. And, you know, there, there wasn't even a space held regardless of that. That person's fate was probably inevitable, mm-hmm. but there was no sort of um, acknowledgement that this, we just need to get this person out as quick as possible. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that that's kind of the difference between, you know, the traditional Western allopathic model versus a more integrated approach, regardless of which healing system you're talking about, yeah. which is the difference between sort of this reactive place exactly. versus yeah. a more proactive preventative place. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's that adage that you always hear that, you know, physicians in India and China were paid to keep people well, not paid when someone came in sick. That's (laughs) actually a problem. They're not paid. They're paid only to keep people well. And it's it's the exact opposite here in Western culture. Right. And I think I don't think I, I think that's a problem for sure. But I also think that we can frame it as a opportunity mm-hmm. and not to say that anyone's doing anything wrong. Or of I think there are probably people that have bad intentions, but the vast, vast majority have good intentions. But what we've done as a culture is that we have a paradigm of reactivity that I can do and live and the doctor's just gonna save me, and that's just how it is. Like, okay, if you get hit by a bus out there. Don't come see an naturopathic doctor. It's not what we're here for. Right. But the, but what what the opportunity is, is is that is the acknowledgement that we as a society and we as a healthcare industry, we as you know lobby all the way to follow the money type of situation is emphasizing this reactive model, and it's very good at it, and it's saved millions of lives. And it's not to be thrown out or say that it's toxic or dangerous. There are dangers to it, but it's to say that actually we can have both and there doesn't have to be a choice. And I think the dichotomy that gets created is this thought that all of that side is toxic and dangerous and no good. And then the other side would say all of that is, you know, quackery and not, you know, and just Mm -hmm. kind of all over the place and there's no system to it. And I think we have more in common than we probably acknowledge And I think what a naturopathic doctor can be at its highest potential is a true bridge between those two worlds. And that is the initial draw of what brought me to it. Yeah. And I think you're you're making a very, very important point, which is that the integration is so key. You know, I always say I trained in Western medicine. I don't have anything against it. I think it's incredibly important. And it's, it's not the whole story. That's where I think, you know, where my perspective comes in of there are things that we don't know in Western medicine that let's look to these other healing traditions, these other healing systems, these other healing modalities that, yeah, we may not have the data and the, you know, random control, double blind study and all of that kind of stuff, but we have thousands of years of evidence that it works. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, even to that, like, yes, there is, there's certainly evidence to to a lot of what we're talking about and what we're, what we're practicing, of course, but also the question and the paradigm and part of kind of the, the, the vision that people and the lens that people are looking through is that the questions that we ask and the ability to set up actual studies that would that would be um, reflective of more of a holistic and dynamic model are difficult to set up because like to, to set so many variables and 
this is an individual, that guy was one man with congestive heart failure and how he got there was different than the next person that came in. Right. And, you know, we can, we can isolate as much as we can and test that and we can see, you know, great stuff. But I think a lot of the times the, the, the scoffing of certain modalities from a, you know, a different approach or alternative approach, I could say, is, is just more difficult um, to demonstrate on large scales. There's, there's funding issues too, and the scale that would need, that would be necessary to be credible is difficult. But beyond getting to, to that sort of level of things, I think it's more, um, I think it's more N of one. And like, like leaning into the idea that uh, we 100,000 people cohort study, and those are amazing to see, especially the ones like the Framingham study that have been going on for decades. That's amazing. But, you know, I think a lot of the times it's okay to dip your toe in the water that N of one, this person in front of you is the only thing that's relevant right now. We don't have to be beholden to following what somebody else did if it's going to work for this person. And that's, and that's enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and I, I want to jump in because this is a great place to jump into something that we've talked a lot about, you know, this idea of story as medicine, narrative medicine. But before we do, I just want to back up for a second and, and clarify a little more about naturopathy. And maybe, you know, I know that there are some pillars with the naturopathy. Again, I think it's really important for the listeners to really sort of tease out and understand. It's great to say that naturopathy is a real integration between the allopathic Western model and, you know, the, the integration of all these other healing modalities, but let's get a little more granular. What, what does that actually mean? What, what are the pillars of how you maybe are looking at people when you're trying to help them? Yeah, yeah that's a really good question. I think, and we talked about this in the past too, is that the, the idea with naturopathic medicine versus going more of a conventional route from an education standpoint is that that's the conventional side of things is kind of just what you see is what you get and you follow the gold standard and this is just how it goes. We hit this certain threshold. This is prescribed. This is ordered. This is preferred. And that's true to the extent that we learned in naturopathic medical school for sure. But I think we have six principles that we kind of root ourselves into and each individual provider can kind of take the toolkit and the toolbox that best suits them and utilize it to the community that they serve. So for instance, like I learned all about physical medicine, massage, actual like chiropractic manipulations. And I, I just knew I wasn't going to utilize that in the same way that some of my colleagues do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I really like following the principles is like the first one is like, do no harm. Hippocratic oath, everyone kind of takes of that. The spin with a naturopathic uh, sort of mentality is that we're trying to access what are the basics. And I know you talk about this all the time. What are the basics that we can do from like a therapeutic order where suppression of symptoms and surgery is at the very tip of the iceberg? So, what are the foundational things that we can enter this situation with as little? you know, potential for harm as possible. And that's like the rooting place. And then you kind of can, can kind of triage people from there of, okay, well, this person might need a higher level intervention, but you know, this person that's true, but they also have none of these foundational aspects mm -hmm. in place. They're not eating well, they're not sleeping well, they're not relating well in all different types of ways. So that's kind of something that I root into for sure. 
The second is, it's called, they, they, they put all these principles in kind of Latin terms. So that, that one, this, this next one's called the vis, uh, the vis metatrix naturae. And that's kind of what that means in Latin. I just butchered it, but like the intelligence of nature or the ability of the body, given the right conditions to heal itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is something that across, you know, integrative medicine is acknowledged, but this is something that we're always rooting back into is we're, we're always asking the question, what are the obstacles of health for this particular person, whether that's physical, whether that's a lifestyle or behavioral thing, or whether that's mental, emotional, we're trying to understand this person and their story. And that's why we spend so much time with them to see that when we open up impediments or contractions that aren't allowing them to flow as well, from, you know, maybe more non-material aspects of things, mental, mentally, emotionally, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The body knows how to heal itself. And the same thing with food. If someone has, a, you know, a less than ideal diet, and then we clean that up, people tend to get better simply by food being a medicine there. So mm-hmm. you have multiple doses a day for that to be possible and why people get better and can reverse things like type 2 diabetes and other things along those lines is that you're just simply there's harm happening to the body and the body's compensating in the wisest wisest way possible to keep you in balance or some semblance of homeostasis. And as soon as you kind of remove that, the body knows exactly what to do. It's like if you keep banging the same place on a coffee table, that wound just really won't heal. But as soon as you stop that, you know, everything starts to go. You, You smoke cigarettes for 20 years whenever you at the moment you're done with every cigarette your body immediately come, goes into a healing response and starts it's you know when you light up the next cigarette you kind of start the clock back over so it's really just this acknowledgement or what are the things that are holding this person back from all different types of things and then we use the modalities that we have to to open this person up to a different level of healing or to recover mm-hmm. or to you know prevent progression from where they are that's another that's actually another principle is prevention so prevention in the strict sense of how we all think about it you know what you talked about the the old time physicians were you know acknowledged more for their prevention and Mm -hmm. keeping well and like actually responding to things but that's it can also be seen as okay you're at this location we don't like what's happening with our health for these reasons but how can we how can we mitigate that? How can we slow that down? How can we hopefully reverse that and prevent a more serious situation? Because I think from the conventional standpoint, there is this march sometimes of pathology where we're putting band-aids on things, which is appropriate, keeps people alive, keeps people comfortable. But if there's clear things that are causing that to happen, that's kind of what we're looking at as far as the preventative piece. So it kind of all comes together too. Right. So those two are, it's interesting. Well, actually the first three you talked about do not, first do no harm. The second is the body can heal itself naturally. And the third is this prevention, right? They all go hand in hand because if there's the assumption that the body can heal itself, right. Then we as physicians, as, as health professionals are literally, our role is to guide someone and help them with prevention to remove the obstacles to the body doing that. Right. Right. That's really what I'm hearing. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I want to acknowledge, and we'll probably talk about this later, but I, how I see it at least is that we are just facilitators and like we're, we aren't like, we call ourselves healers and people call us healers, but 
it's always the body. It's always the person. And it's always a decision that they're making to, to change and challenge the status quo. And they do it. We don't, you know, some people, I mean, there's plenty of gurus out there that will tell you that they're, you know, they're healing people. I don't agree with that. And that's just like an acknowledgement of, of that side of things. Yeah. And, you know, with that, another, the, the latter three principles kind of go together too with how what you kind of root into as a naturopathic doctor is that you're trying to treat the whole person. And with that, you're treating the cause. And that kind of sounds obvious. Like, yeah, of course you're trying to treat the cause and you're trying to treat the whole person, but that's not often acknowledged. It's, it's kind of goes along with these two is like, what are the impediments that are leading to this person as a whole person to not be seen or heard or understood in a way that they have maybe in the past. And mm-hmm. a lot of that sometimes I think we get rooted so into the physical modalities. So, you know, I'm the nutrition director. I'm also the director of naturopathic medicine. And a lot of it, and we've talked about this is like, oh, it's all, all Ben does is nutrition. And that's like, that's like the physical aspect. Right. And there's a lot of issues like, yeah, we, we can work on the diet and that's obviously a huge part of things, but there's also a lot of people that have disordered eating and relationships with food and with their body. And, um, you know, treating the whole person is not just understanding and giving them, you know, more information or kind of just a a diet plan that's going to be like a quick fix or 30 days or something fad that they've already done before. To understand them as a whole person and to treat the cause is to is to try to unpack for them if they're willing to go there, of course, the belief structures and what they believe to be true what they're holding, what has kept them safe or unsafe in the past as it relates to their story around food and around their body. And that that level of things tends to shift people because we have these four planes that maybe you've talked about on the podcast before where it's like the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, the soul, spiritual, whatever you want to call it. And real change, real cause, real approaches that kind of can shift somebody from a person they were to a whole different type of person, i.e. transformation, is really when you're able to tap into these latter three levels. Because if it's just like, here's another meal plan, here's a boatload of supplements, here's, you know, this other thing, that might move the needle, but it might not be something that's actually treating a cause of anything, right? Mm -hmm. And with that, the final principle is, another Latin docere or doctor as teacher. Um, so this is all about education. Sometimes it is just somebody doesn't understand, oh, I guess starting my day off that way isn't the best way. Or, you know, going to bed at 1 a.m. every night isn't serving me or having eight cups of coffee isn't like, and like just kind of educating and being the teacher around that. Um, and not to say that all doctors don't try to teach their patients what's going on. But again, going back to the abbreviated appointments, in a lot of medical settings, that's it's not possible. It's not possible to teach people a different way of li- living when um, th- that time simply isn't available. So a big part of being a naturopathic doctor and what we learn is explaining things to people with enough time and enough compassion and trying to find analogies that are relevant to them. Right. And right. you only find analogies that are relevant to somebody by getting to know them, which is like what I love to do. Right. right? That was a beautiful description of the pillars of of naturopathic medicine, which also dovetails right into this idea of story, right? Of having that time to really get to know someone. So let's talk about that because I know that 
that is something that you're extremely gifted at. And I know that's also something that's really sort of your interest in, yeah, in how sure. you approach your patients. So let's, let's talk about that approach, yeah. the story, the narrative, and the medicine that comes from that. Right. So, you know, I think what I have found, especially, um, especially people coming to me with food concerns, with body concerns, I want to lose weight, I want to do these things, is that a lot of approaches have been, you know, a lot of approaches in nutrition are a contradictory, they're confusing, they are all saying all different types of things, people don't know what to understand. And I think it's evidence that we've given away a lot of power um, to outside influences and not kind of understanding where we are coming from. So kind of what I have found really interesting and what I love to do is to try, if someone's willing to go there, again, that's always the prerequisite. I'm trying to understand the person as a whole and how their way of being, if it's challenging for them, I'm assuming if they're sitting with me, there's something challenging going on that that has developed. How would that be possible? How would anything, anything is, the only way anything is possible is by prior causes. And by the lens that you're looking through via perspectives and experiences that you've had across your life. Because let's say someone wants to lose weight or they have a certain way of eating that they know isn't healthy. And what I've found is that people do not need, most of the time, do not need more information. Right. Like I said, some people do like, oh, I shouldn't start my day that way. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I shouldn't do this. That's interesting. I didn't ever think about that. But most people don't need more information in order to change. Most people don't need more willpower to change their behaviors. They've already tried that. They've gotten, you know, they clicked the link for the net latest diet fad and they've been shamed into saying you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. But what I find is that in, in lieu of information and willpower, if we can start to have a sensitivity to where someone's coming from and their story and their narrative about themselves. What were their influences? What was their childhood like? What was food like then? What was, what have you thought about your body? What, what are like huge cornerstone moments of your life? When you start to understand that you can open up a door of compassion and understanding and forgiveness and an awareness that was previously just felt like you were just kind of at the whim of everything. And that, uh, you needed to grasp for straws of somebody outside of you to save you. And this goes back to the idea that doctors are seen as healers and they, you know, you can just kind of live your life and someone will always be there to save you. And I think what I try to turn people back into is that they are their own healer and it's via their story. And sometimes how people have treated themselves or, you know, not cared for themselves or not had compassion for themselves is really just some sort of limiting belief or narrative that doesn't necessarily have to be true. And I think when people see that and they can release it and just see it as clearly as possible, and we go through a lot of different things to to go about that, that there can be a, a huge ease. And what I tell people all the time is that my biggest goal is that you have a freedom with food in your body that just feels effortless. That's that's what I want. And if you can come to terms with this internal narrative, that's possible. And I'll I'll, I'll just I'll wrap this up by saying the the dichotomy there is you you look at diet culture, you look at 
um, just kind of how things are portrayed in popular culture and especially towards women. Obviously, that's that's we have to acknowledge that that's definitely who the target is. Social media, all these things. It's pulling people away from their inner sense of authority mm-hmm. and knowing themselves, like even basic cues and interoception of kind of having a sense of themselves, hunger, fullness cues, what works for them, what doesn't. They've divorced and dissociated so far from their body and their experience that they've pawned it off to an outer authority, to all these, you know, the ads saying, oh, this year's finally your year and, you know, shame on you. You know, this is this is kind of how things go. And don't worry, we have we'll send everything to you in the mail. and You don't have to think about a thing and just make a few shakes a day and you're going to lose all that weight and you know feel better about yourself. You know, or they come to me and they want me to help them count calories or they want me they want to weigh themselves every day. And I'm really, obviously, I think you can tell them definitely against that. And it creates way more anxiety and challenge and it helps. Um, and really what, what you're trying to develop there is acknowledging the outer authority and the reliance on that, saying somebody else needs to tell me what to eat, someone needs to tell me exact quantity, tell me how to portion control, tell me how to do all these things. Whereas you, by paying attention and having awareness already have all the tools you need to do exactly what you're asking somebody else to do. And when people realize that there's like a click of, Oh, actually, yes, I can. I can do all of that. And it's very empowering. And then you have an agency and then you you start to let go of the story of what a body needs to be and what health is and how it's redefined in a way that is less about a number on the scale or the shape in the mirror and more about how is health providing you with a resource to live a life as meaningfully as you can? I, that's how I see health. It's like it, it's it's not about what you look like. It's not about how big you are. It's not about how skinny you are. Because both sides, you can see happy people, you can see miserable people. It doesn't matter. It's about what is the state of your caring for yourself and your body that allows you to live a life most meaningfully with as much purpose as you possibly can. If you can't get up in the morning or you're in such a bad mood because your blood sugar is all over the place and you're yelling at people and you're in traffic and you're miserable and you're yelling at your husband, you're yelling at your kids and you can't focus at work and you hate your job. You are not living life with the meaning that you, I guarantee that you would want. I would hope that you want. Right. 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 So redefining that can be really powerful for people. But again, just saying it to them with information, not enough. Just saying change that with willpower, not enough. You have to understand them as a person. Right. Thank you for that. Because I think that that's, it's such an important point because what's coming up for me is this idea of what you were saying that, you know, there's this understanding that it's not just the physical body. It's all these layers, right? It's the physical, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, the energetic body, however you want to define them. Right. And I think when you come with that frame, that framework as a health professional, as a facilitator, as a guide, as a teacher to people, what you're doing is you're looking at them and you're hearing them and seeing them as all of those things. You're not just looking at them as a physical body that we learn in the allopathic model, right? Right. Which is very much about 
okay, so what's the symptom? What's going on? What's wrong? Okay, let me diagnose it. Let me prescribe. Let me fix it. Right? right. On a physical level, we're going deeper. I mean, and even psychiatrists, yes, they go to the (laughs) mind, but it's only now that psychiatry is really changing into this, you know, nutritional psychiatry, looking at culinary medicine, looking at plant medicine and all these other things, which is actually starting to look at it in this more holistic way. But I think that's what kind of what you're getting at is that through the story, through that narrative, Mm -hmm. the medicine is being able to see all aspects of a human being, right? right? All of those different bodies, right? Not because what, what you're talking about is you actually being able to spend the time with a patient and to get beyond the physical of what are you eating? How many calories in and out? All that nonsense, right? Right. And you're getting to the other levels. Right. Because what ends up happening, others, we only fix one level, which how can right. you sustain and that? that? That's part of treating the cause because often the cause isn't on the physical level. And I think um, I think the acknowledgement there is that anyone, a naturopathic doctor, other integrative medicine, I'm sure people in your audience can recognize that there are naturally doctors that don't and, you know, integrative that don't uphold that sort of principle and see it in that way. And it doesn't have to be like this woo woo out there type of thing. Our emotions, not real is like our, our mental, our thoughts, not real. It's, it's just like getting into that. And what a lot of people do, a lot of providers do is they focus so hard on the physical and they put people on 20 supplements because they're trying to change the physical they do a trillion stool tests and every test under the book. And what are we looking for? We're looking for something wrong on the physical. So when something's like, oh, okay, we can, we can make some tweaks here or the physician's worst nightmare, everything's normal. Like, and what do you say? Right. Or right. like, no, no, they're not responding to the protocol you put them on. Then what? Right. And so now, now an, a naturopathic doctor or an integrative provider is in a very similar situation to yes. the PCP that's saying, Hey, my, I have joint pain. What can you do about it? I'm really done taking steroids and anti-inflammatories. I don't know. So, you know, it's not to say that your thoughts are you're giving you rheumatoid arthritis necessarily, but it's saying that trying to understand the whole person beyond the physical is what we're talking about here because you can't treat the whole person if you're just relying on the physical aspects. Over a long period of time, like, and there's some people that you need to start with the physical and you almost need to, you know, you need a proof of concept type of situation Yes, and that's fine. And you slowly kind of, but that's why you spend time and you come back with people if it feels like it's going to be appropriate and it's going to be resonant. And then what do you know by the third time where we haven't even talked about food for a couple of weeks now, right? Right. That's not what it's about usually. In some respects, it's 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 deeper than that. And when you access that, you can open somebody up to a different level of health. Yeah. Right. It's almost like, you know, the energetic body, these other bodies are actually the blueprint. I always say this, the energetic body is the blueprint for the physical body. Um, and so that's why when you actually start that way, when you start looking at the energetic body, things shift a lot faster. When right. you go the opposite way, it'll happen, but it's going to take a lot, like a lot more willpower, as you said, and a lot right. more time. It's almost like a, a time warp that happens in the right. sense of like things speed up when you go the energetic route. And if you have both going on. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. Wow. 
right? Yeah, because it's, it's just to be clear for everybody listening, because I know a lot of people are doing stool tests and all these things. Not to say I'm against it, and I haven't, yeah. but I'm saying you are you can absolutely help people with that route for sure. But my my assertion and my prediction is that you're not going to help everybody, and right. there's going to be a lot of people that that is confusing or okay, now what? What's the exit strategy here? Am I just on these antifungals forever? You know, right? It's like, what are we, what are we, what are we thinking about here? How, how I have these chronic digestive issues, but you've never asked about stress in my life. And you've never asked about, you know, how I felt stress in my stomach since I was a little kid. What's that all about? Like, you're just throwing supplements and nothing's shifting because there's something else happening here, right? So that's, I would just want to acknowledge that yeah. People can operate on the physical plane and get excellent results because sure. it's better than shoulder shrug, but yeah, for sure. There's more. There's more that I like to do at least. Yeah, there's more. And again, this is not to say like, you know, what we what we've been saying throughout this uh, conversation and I always say there's no right or wrong, there's no good or bad. Yeah. In Ayurveda, it's very clear there's no such thing as good or bad. You know, right. it's all what is supporting your health and what is um weakening your health right, right. it's n of one it's n of like, one right, exactly right? because if it's not n of one it's a protocol and if the protocol doesn't work it's the patient's fault or it's you know maybe right. they weren't they weren't compliant enough um where it's like hey maybe we should just acknowledge that we needed a different combination of approaches here right right, right. yeah yeah i know that's i mean it's beautiful and i think it's such a good point again and a good reminder that there is so much more into not feel bad if you're, you're trying a protocol as a patient, you know, as somebody who comes to one of us and something isn't working, it's not your fault. It's not that, you know, the medication is not going to work or the procedure is not going to work or anything like that. It's that there's some other things going on too, that once you sort of like unlock that lock and you put that key in, things can change really quickly. It's a combination and integration, right? So question that I would have for you is that let's say somebody is really interested in naturopathy Mm -hmm. and a naturopathic approach, where do they start? Well, you know, it it depends on where you are. Um, There's naturopaths all over the country in Canada, all over the world too. My recommendation on a basic level is just to look at the AAMC, which is like the American Association for a MNC, the Naturopathic Association, and just find a provider local to you and just kind of explore and kind of from this discussion today, use it maybe as like an educational piece to be like, hey, like, how can I kind of triage this person? You know, there's a lot of NDs are more concentrated, obviously, where there's schools kind of out west and, kind of, you know, throughout the country. But I think the basic approach is just kind of exploring this medicine, exploring each provider, like I said. Just because I say these things doesn't mean that every provider is uniform. And I, I, and again, I think that's a strength, not a weakness of naturopathic medicine, that each of us can take what we learned and how we understand things. And we can all help people in incredible ways through the lens that we choose to practice. And I think that provides freedom. And what I initially wanted when I made the decision to go to naturopathic medical school is that I did not see that freedom in the conventional way, right? I think 15 years in, I could have maybe pivoted, but I would have, you know, went through what the hospital wanted me to do, what the reimbursement of insurance wanted me to do and whatever, that's fine for some people. 
but that's kind of for me. So to answer your question, it's going to vary from person to person. We're all rooted into these six principles, mm-hmm. but just kind of whatever someone's dealing with or they want to explore, they can, you know, find that on a case by case basis. Okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll make sure we link um, the association that you yeah. uh, mentioned in the sure. show notes for people. Last question for you. So if you had three tips to give people, you know, as mm-hmm. they're on their health journeys, and I know this is a very broad question because <laughs> everyone's dealing with different things, but what yeah. would be three tips that you, that you would say generally to somebody who's just trying to feel better? I would look at food first, you know, just as a very basic high level thing. And I would, I would have them just be mindful of what they're consuming. Are they consuming enough? What kind of does their day look like? Are they giving enough attention to food? Are they giving enough attention to caring for themselves in that way? To prepare meals, to have that ready for them. What sort of things are they putting into their body and how can that contribute to problems that they might be having? Along with that would be, are you getting enough water? Are you going to the bathroom every day? You know, if you're not eating well, drinking well and eliminating well, that's like, that is just basic stuff. With that too is sleep. If sleep is off, you need help with sleep from somebody, whether that's a natural doctor or otherwise. Um, I don't know. I think that might be four at this point. But, you know, and I also just think having a willingness, especially someone that's going through a chronic illness or a relationship with food in their body that they're kind of done with kind of chasing the dragon, so to speak, is to start to get curious and compassionate with themselves. And I think curiosity is the most important aspect to getting to these latter three levels that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You have to, there's a difference between wanting peace and wanting to be right. And you can be right the rest of your life and you never have to change and you never have to question anything. And that's fine, you know, but if you, if you want to just challenge the status quo, I guess the biggest overarching thing is just start getting curious about your life, start finding ways to live with more awareness because what you pay attention to and what you're aware of you can't hurt yourself from that place, right? If you're mindlessly eating junk food all day and soda and you're not thinking about it and you're not making any sort of connections, that's why it's affecting you in the way that it might be, right? So compassion, curiosity, awareness, it's, it's broad topics, but it's, it's, you know, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, you know, and it's, again, we overcomplicate things in Western culture. And it it really does come back to those simple, basic things, right? The awareness is the key. I always say awareness is the first step with anything, right? I'm I'm skipping breakfast every day because I'm quote intermittent fasting because I saw it at the newsstand at Whole Foods. And, um, you know, but also I'm just, yeah, just casually. I'm also drinking eight cups of coffee a day and I feel terrible and I need to take a nap in the afternoon. It's like, you know, if you just you know, if you kind of release that and just kind of paid attention to how's that approach and pattern of eating working for you, right. you might say, Hey, maybe a little simple breakfast might be a good idea. And just paying attention to that and see what shifts. And I would imagine that things start to feel better. Right. Like just basic, like that's just basic, but you get that feedback by paying attention. If you're just kind of too stressed out to allocate any sort of prioritization towards yourself, you're going to just miss a lot. Right. Yes. That's yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah, it's that paying, caring for yourself. And, you know, you've said it a few times and I think it's a really beautiful way to think about it is, you know, health is ultimately, how are you caring for yourself? How are you taking care of you and right. all parts of you, all levels, all layers of your emotional, physical, 
spiritual, mental, energetic body? Yeah. Like, what are you doing for all of those different levels? And really getting curious, like you said, you know? Yeah, curiosity. Yeah. And so this feels like a really good place for us to sort of end our time talking because we could talk for hours <laughs> as we have many times and yes. have both been late for patients or like <laughs> running to the next thing exactly. uh, while we're at Beyond. You know, if I offer up the phrase to catalyze healing, what comes up for you? Awareness. Hmm. Yeah, being there, being being there, being present. I mean, that goes along with curiosity too. But if it's one word, it always comes back to awareness. Self-awareness, awareness of what you're doing, how you're caring for yourself or not. Um, the fur, You cannot change anything if you don't have an awareness of there being an issue or where it's coming from. So. That is the absolute prerequisite is awareness. I couldn't agree with you more. Ben, thank you so much for this conversation. I love talking to you. I could talk thank to you for you, hours. This was really fun. Had a great time. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to The Healing Catalyst. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass it along to a friend. And if you're feeling really inspired, please rate and review so that others can find this podcast more easily. To learn more, head to avantikumarsingh.com. And to connect with me directly, find me on Instagram at avantikumarsingh. I'll be back next week and hope that you will be too. Until then, remember, with the right catalyst, you have the power to activate your own healing because healing starts within.